Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors or Everything Podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms. We know the deal. The Raptors are down to three coaches uh, when it comes to who will be their head coach. It's probably Sergio Scariolo. We think it's Jordi Fernandez. And who is that third person? Well, there are some rumors speculating that it could be Steve Nash. Last time Steve Nash was a coach, things can go swimmingly. So to find out more about that, Christian Winfield, senior NBA writer, New York Daily News, especially with the Brooklyn Nets. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for joining me. You know, I, I thought that uh, I was done talking about Steve Nash for a little while. Uh, so you can count me as surprised that we're mentioning him in, in any type of head coaching search uh, at this point. No lie. Huh. Yeah, when I hit you up about this, um, you kind of said, LOL, yeah, sure. And I'm like, is that a good LOL or is that a bad LOL that we're going to be going down this path? But I guess for starters, you know, reflecting on what we know now about the Brooklyn Nets, and there have been comments from Kevin Durant. We know what the reports were. James Harden was obviously, he wanted to get the hell out of there as well. How do you view that Steve Nash time and what was his role and how things have kind of transpired since uh, since he left? Um. Well, I want to set the scene with Steve Nash um, kind of almost where he is right now. Uh, Steve Nash came into the picture with zero head coaching experience, but immediately leapfrogged about 10 qualified candidates that all wanted to coach the Brooklyn Nets. Right. And yeah, here comes Steve Nash, who has no coaching experience, gets this head coaching job, most sought after head coaching job in I don't know how long. I mean, you're talking about you got a chance to coach Kevin Ray, Kyrie Irving, James Harden coming in sure. um, and doesn't move the needle as a head coach. And that's just the honest assessment of him. Um, and now he's here doing it again. It's just, you know, I wish I had that kind of luck going in for job interviews where I just, <laughs> regardless of what I did in my last job, oh, yeah, the name, the history in a different hmm. uh, area is going to carry you. Um, Steve Nash, I don't think we can question the player. Hall of Fame, yeah. you know. Whatever you want to say about him, it's true, right? The head coach, two different things. You know, I watched Steve Nash, the head coach, not call timeouts for 20-point runs at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and that might be exaggerated. Maybe it was 19. Um, yeah. I, I watched Steve Nash um, just lose that Nets locker room in ways that were just irreparable for him to even be able to – we watched it happen in real time. Um, mm -hmm. And you, we, we talk about – not being dealt a fair hand, which fine, right? I mean, if you put anybody in that situation where Steve Nash had to deal with Kyrie not getting vaccinated, James Harden get fed up, sure. Um, but we also watched these teams crumble uh, when Kevin Durant got hurt yeah. season after season because of inability to incorporate creative offensive sets because of, you know, relying on isolation so heavily that, you know, it's just impossible to then try to install something else. And granted, the Nets had so much turnover, 
that it's mm-hmm. part of it is unfair to criticize the man for not being able to install offense when you've got 10 different faces in, in the, the span of one summer. Uh, but that's what we do in media. We criticize people where they fall short. And Steve Nash fell short as a head coach in Brooklyn to the point where he was getting booed outside at practice at the park. I've never seen anything like that. You had fans coming in there yeah. cheering all the players and then – Steve Nash gets introduced and you have a loud chorus of boos because fans are smart and they understand, well, if we had a different head coach, maybe we have a different outcome. Um, That said, I mean, it's tough. And no, it's not really tough because you kind of want to look at the history in Canada. I understand, you know, why it might be a quote unquote sex buyer. Um, I understand his ties to that, to to that country, excuse me. And and Toronto is the city. Um, But at the same time, I mean, what are you what's your goal here right like i'm mm-hmm. surprised i didn't see kenny atkinson right why isn't kenny atkinson a finalist kenny atkinson is a guy who was a noted play caller yeah a noted player development coach right has studied under steve kerr has a championship on the bench why don't we see his name right mm-hmm. why steve nash is able to leapfrog qualified candidates over and over again yes it's because he's a hall of fame point guard but it's also because hey maybe people are are maybe a bit delusional Right. And I'm not afraid to say that because we've seen it happen time and time again where guys get coaching opportunities because, oh, maybe he didn't get a fair shake last time. Let's try it again. Um, I, you know, well, I guess yeah. we'll see if you guys end up hiring him. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, I don't think I don't think he's going to be the guy. Um, I think, you know, with the Toronto Raptors, if you don't know, like they they casted a wide net with this coaching search on purpose. Um, they looked at it like I think they were going to school because they had no idea what was out there. And some of the finalists that they have uh, pinpointed, it's a uh, Chris Quinn, it's a uh, David Adelman, it's, uh, who else are we talking? It's uh, Darko in Memphis. It's Becky Hammond was in the conversation. So it's a lot of people who are coming from um, well-organized offenses, especially in the half court. And that was a big problem for the Toronto Raptors this past season. They needed more movement. And so, that's been kind of their coaching search so far. But the Steve Nash thing, and granted, I mean, according to a report from, I believe it was Michael Grange, that he did impress in his interview. Um, but going off what you were saying. Did he pick up a basketball? Was he was he on the <laughs> shooting drills? Is that like, I, I don't, I, I'd like to know what that looks like because. Me too, me too. It, yeah. I didn't see him impress as a head coach in two years. Yeah. In Brooklyn. You know, you look at the record. And it, I mean, quite frankly, if you put me out there on the sidelines with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm telling them, I'm giving KD the ball in the high post and I'm telling everybody, get out the way, clear the room for, for Kyrie. Sure, I'll have a pl- over 500 coaching record too. And that's not to take away from him. It's just to be honest about what I covered. I mean, it's, it got to the point where you had fans. Fans are smart, you know? Yeah. Fans are very smart. So if you have fans booing, if you have players, if you have rookies who are in the locker room kind of like, you know, making snide comments about the head coach, you know, like mm. it's not. And now you're talking about potentially blowing up the Raptors and starting it from scratch and trying to build around whatever it is, if you can get a pick or, or whatever it is. Like, I don't know how that works. And it, it's yeah. just kind of confusing for me how, how it is. But it, it's not confusing because it's Canada. So I, I understand. So also, was it a mutually parting of ways or was he fired? Was um, a mutual parting of ways, right? The, the mutual parting of ways was the way they worded it. It's the same way they worded it with Kenny Atkinson. Um, yeah. It's the same way a lot of these teams word, you know, how, how they want to keep somebody's integrity intact when they, uh, when they get yeah. them out there. So uh, it, it was the, the, the wording on the, on the official release was mutual parting of ways for sure. Yeah. And according to Mark's, Nash at one point, probably towards the end of his tenure, he had said that they're not responding to me right now, which is a clear yeah. sign that it's time to go. 
I mean, I, I don't right now is an interesting qualifier. I didn't feel like they were responding for, to him for quite some time. Right. Mm. And it, it's just it, it's it's tough because you also put it and, and I'm not going to just like completely dump on him. I understand that if you put anybody in a situation with these two particular stars, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I mean, if he had a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, maybe it's a different story because they're two different types of athletes. Right. But yeah. you've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden in that mix as well. And then, you know, I, I'm not even going to leave Steve Nash holding the bag. Kyrie Irving really messed a lot of things up just sure. because he didn't want to get vaccinated, right? Which is within his right as a human being. But at the end of the day, when you consider the the fall, the, the just the, the domino mm -hmm. effect that I had, you know, it's tough, especially as a head coach, when you don't have a reliable point guard, right? And Kyrie Irving was reliable when he was on the floor, sure. But it, it was just so many things that kept him off the court. So it, yeah. it, it is tough to to be a head coach without a point guard. I think you can see how what, what Jalen Brunson did for the Knicks, right, year over year, how that just completely changes the the, the perspective for them. Um, but it's just, and I, I, I we're probably gonna get into it, but in terms of a, a play calling, in terms of knowing when to use timeouts, motivating your troops, um, sure. no. So no, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't. I don't want to come here and lie on your podcast, but no, 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 no. I, and I wanted your honesty, um, because uh, I mean, there's, there's like the story that we kind of know, which was you know Steve Nash wasn't a great head coach, but for someone like yourself, you're gonna have a, a deeper insight than other people. Take a look at the thing I just uh, DM'd you, and what's the first thought that comes to mind when you see it? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning. That was no. That was the end. Actually. We knew that was days before. Yeah, you that was, like a, I was, I think that was the day before or maybe one or two days before. Yeah, like that was Steve Nash was always even this. If Steve Nash was like this okay, every game, th then he might still be a head coach right now. You know what I'm saying? If this was yeah. the Steve Nash that, that we were we were going to get uh, as a head coach, a guy that was fiery like this, then maybe. But all you had was him clapping on the sidelines, mm -hmm. which I mean, every coach does. But he was just yeah. it, the, the running joke on social media. Steve Nash is too cool for school. You know what I'm saying? It's too cool to, to, to get like super hot and, and, and yell sure, at people sure. and motivate. And um, that's tough. But I mean, look at him. I mean, like that was the, that was the end because we'd had never up until that point, we had never seen Steve Mesh show mm -hmm. a modicum of, of emotion almost on the sideline, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that, yeah, that was the, uh, that's the, if you want to put Steve Nash on a t-shirt, <laughs> that's probably the, uh, the, <laughs> the picture you'd use for it. In his goodbye statement, he said, especially thank you to my uh, coaching staff and video room staff who are a talented group with so much character and professionalism. That the assistant coaches on the Nets during his time there was stacked. Yeah. Yeah. On purpose, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. You, uh, the, the Nets weren't naive when yeah. they brought Steve Nash. And they knew there was just a gap in terms of experience. That's why he was leaning on Mike D'Antoni. That's why he had so many different guys there. And it just became, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough as a rookie head coach. And that's why you can only put but so much blame on him. I really blame the front office for hiring him in the first place, right? If, if you would have gone with a legitimate head coach, I, I think there might be it. But then again, like, it, it's tough because there's so many variables. If, if you could put Phil Jackson on the floor and Kyrie decides not to get vaccinated, Phil Jackson's not going to turn uh, yeah. uh, Javon Carter into, into Kyle Lowry, right? Like, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, Phil Jackson is going to come up with an offensive framework for guys to stick within, right? Like, like there's it, it, it's levels to it. Um, and yeah, it's tough, right? You saw Mike D'Antoni there one year, then he left. You saw a bunch of different guys leave after a year mm. on the Steve Nash. It was it, it it was tough. Um, and, and then, like I said, just he lost not just the locker room, but in the arena of public perception, right? And I feel like that's worse almost because the locker room is the locker room, but once the fans turn on you, 
it, yeah. it's it's over from there. You know, I think nowadays, and you've probably seen this too, is that player coach is, is becoming more popular. They just have a different connection to those kinds of guys. They understand their play, right? And so yeah. Steve Nash was appealing in that way, especially with, you know, his pedigree as a point guard. Do you think there are some people that are better suited to become head coaches than others when it comes to like the positions that they played, the roles they played in the NBA? I mean, the way the Nets tried to spin it when he walked in, you'd have thought Steve Nash had every box checked. I mean, you're talking you would about think so, right? Point guard, offensive mastermind, right? Yeah. One of the most respected players ever. It was supposed to definitely get Kyrie's respect once he walked to the door. Oh yeah, Steve Nash, Hall of Fame point guard. Kyrie can't say no, right? Come to find out, yeah. that wasn't true. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's it, it's tough, right? And then on the other hand, you got guys like Steve Kerr, right, who were not superstar players by any stretch but now become some of the best it's just so it, it's it's ridiculous you got phil jackson who was a great head coach and then comes in as a gm and he, he you know what i'm saying yeah. destroys the Knicks bed um you know it, it's so it's almost like a, a box of chocolates you don't know what you're gonna get um so it, it's tough uh i i'm not sure I'm, I'm almost starting to lean against the superstar player becoming a head coach right because i just don't i i, I feel I like so too the role players have just so much more time to watch from the sidelines yeah. right it makes a lot more sense as a head coach because they're seeing the game almost from the coaching perspective but at the same time like you'd want to think that some of these star guys could eventually become like if you told me lebron would go on to become the best coach of all time i wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised one bit, right? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that, that would make a lot of sense. Um, but at the same time, if you told me somebody like, I don't know, Patty Mills became a great head coach too, I'd be like, you know, that that makes sense too. Patty Mills is a guy who can connect guys, who can who can talk, who, who sees the game, who's been a leader. Um, that, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to get a read on it. He equated to hockey for a quick second. It's usually the third line players, the grinding line. Those are the guys that are successful head coaches. And also we saw Wayne Gretzky try to coach. And it didn't go well. He's now in the booth. He's yeah. an analyst for TNT. He's doing great I can work, see that but... for Steve Nash. He yeah. Steve Nash was a great public-facing uh, yeah. uh, face, right? Even mm -hmm. though his media got frustrated because he just either wouldn't tell us the truth or found ways to dance around the truth. Well, I mean, They all lie, man. Times. I just deal with Nick Nurse. They all lie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, we asked Steve Nash when Ben Simmons arrived if he could remember that bed, whether or not Ben Simmons' back was hurting when he first practiced for the Nets. And Steve was like, yeah, no, nah, I don't remember. And it was just like, yo, if these are things you don't remember, then then you're just not here to help us. So it just became an ongoing charade. But, I mean, he had a great media demeanor, you know. I could see that, kind of like how Tony Romo made the the the, the trans, transfer over to, to coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. I can see that for Steve Nash for sure. Coaching, I personally would like to see Steve Nash become an assistant. Because he skipped that step, and it was like, well, I don't want to say it looks like he's going to skip it again, but but going straight to another finalist job after yeah. I mean, you didn't really maximize the group that you had, and now you're going to be working with less. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what I like to see. I like to see guys who do more with less, then get a lot more and and maximize that. If you're doing less with more, and now you're going to a situation you have even less, I mean, sure. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. His coaching record was 94 and 67. Um, so he has that in his resume. I wonder what the Raptors thing that maybe he didn't actually interview that well, but because he's Steve Nash, it's a PR thing. Like you're not going to be in our top three and it kind of just goes away. Like either he's a coach or he's not. So you just say like, yeah, he impressed just to keep him in the good books if he does want to entertain coaching again. Um, but realistically, I don't think he's going to become the Raptors head coach. I don't think he's in the, the top three, to be honest, because there's too many okay. much more capable people um, that are probably you know more talented, more equipped to handle handle this job. Let me tell you something real quick. Sure. The Nets, 
I mean, you could have said the same thing for them. I mean, you had a plethora of options that you could have gone with to coach a championship team that you knew needed a championship caliber head coach. And they, I don't want to say fell for the trap, but you, you have to look behind you. Let's look behind you. Yeah. <laughs> All those guys. It's like you, you have the allure of this guy who yeah. did it at such a high level. And at a certain point, you have to respect that. Right. You I get it. Mm-hmm. You have to respect the, the basketball mastermind. You have to respect the IQ. Um, And he has this. It, it's not surprising to me that he impressed in an interview because he has that type of magnetism about him. Yeah. I want to see him impress in a in a simulation of five seconds left on the game clock. Coach, call up a play that wins us a game. Sure. Show me show me him impressing that simulation and then show me how he fares against the other coaches that are calling the same play in that drill. Guarantee you I know how that comes out. So uh, just alluding to that. So play design out of timeouts, end of games. How did Steve Nash here? You mentioned the timeouts things, and especially with Joe Mazzulli. There now, was nothing. Going, there was yeah, no, I'm sorry to cut okay. you off. There were no, what are, what are, I don't have a, a point of reference. I, I, the, the offense was yeah. just so plainly vanilla to get the ball to Kate. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Be and Kyrie or James and get out of the way that, like, there were no play calls. And that's not yeah. me being, that's not me not paying attention. Oh, I didn't watch all. No, I watched mm-hmm. all the plays. I watched every single game that, that Steve Nash coached. I, I cannot tell you a time where I said, oh, that's a good out of bounds call. Uh, a good ATO that Steve Nash called. And I know that because I watched Kenny Atkinson draw up some amazing ATOs. I watched Kenny Atkinson turn a team of D'Angelo Russell, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, all those guys into, you know, teams that were actually competing because they had to be creative offensively. Uh, and granted, when you get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you have to lean on their isolation talents, right? Sure, you'd be foolish not to, but it just becomes predictable. And it did become predictable for the Nets to where, like, you know, it, it's tough for me to tell you what his his out-of-bounds play calling package is because I don't, I don't know, right? It's yeah. tough for me to tell you what his offensive philosophy is except him saying, you know, we want, we want it to be free-flowing because I don't know. There's, I mean, the smart thing for him to do is get the ball to KD and Kyrie and get out of the way. Yeah. but. Yeah. You have to have more than that, as we're seeing in the playoffs. I mean, we, we watched his team, his his Nets team get packed up. by, And I don't even like blaming Steve Nash for that series because, I mean, you had a Nets team that was beaten up all year going up against the Celtics who were, you know, going mm. on to the NBA Finals. It, w- it was tough. But at the same time, I mean, you have to show some level of, okay, let me create some type of offense for guys that doesn't rely on stars. Mm. Uh, and Steve Nash did not do that in his tenure year. Was it confirmed that he was hired because Kyrie and Kevin Durant and them wanted him to be the coach? Um, No, I couldn't personally could confirm that. I heard otherwise. Yeah. I heard that that was like not Kevin Durant's guy, but there, there, there was so much 
information and misinformation going on around that that yeah. I'm not even like a hundred percent who who wanted who. Um, yeah. I was told though that that was not the guy that KD wanted. Um, and here we are anyway. And it, it, it it's tough, you know. Sometimes you got guys yeah. that have connections to the front office. And, and think about it this way: the Nets didn't fire Steve Nash after the sweep, right? They gave him another eleven game, or yeah. not even seven games at the beginning of the season to try it. And you had guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie who were actively trying to get him fired by how they were playing. I watched I watched Kyrie Irving shoot turnaround fadeaway threes for the first time in my life, contested in those first seven games, multiple. We knew those shots weren't going in, right? I, I watched Ky I watched Kevin Durant, you know, get pissed off and slap the scorer's table so hard, you know, like yeah. in broad daylight. I watched some of the craziest things happen while Steve Nash was on the sidelines. I watched him get booed at Brooklyn Bridge Park by fans. I've never seen oh my anything. God. Yeah, that, that'll be my last. Unfortunate, it's unfortunate. Yeah. That'll be my last in memory. The guy, you know, came in, you know, magnetic personality. And by the time it was all over, the fans had turned on him. So I forget I forget the question you were asking, but it, it's. I think you answered it. <laughs> you answered it. <laughs> you answered it. I don't want this to come off as like, oh, this guy's a Steve Nash hater. You know, I'm just trying to provide context. It's real, though. It's real, yeah. though. And this yeah. is what I was trying to get to the bottom. I wanted to and, understand and yeah, how bad was on, it really. I'm looking on social media and all oh, people are, are are just having some like revisionist history of Steve Nash's time here. No, no, no. I will not be that guy. Uh, hmm. I, will, I will tell you how it is. So if I ask you the question, like, do you think he had control of his own success or failure? Um I would I would imagine you're probably looking at it like, well, it's kind of both, but mostly, yes, he was the head coach and he decided what happened on the court, um, but he was also not qualified to be in that position. So it does kind of go back to a layer up, which is the front office. And why did you do this? Yeah. Uh, did Steve Nash have control of his own success? I'm inclined to say no, because yeah. I think his success was entirely dictated on having Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving on the floor in the first place. Right. Which I mean, mm. but you could say that for any coach. Right. You could say that for Steve Kerr. But no, you can't say that's for Steve Kerr. Right. Because you see Steve Kerr come in with the same core that Mark Jackson had kind of topped out at and then redefine their offensive identity. And now off they go. Yeah. Um, I think there's just different levels to this coaching thing. And with Steve Nash, it was really just okay. It, it just became so vanilla of get the ball to KD, get the ball to Kyrie, and yeah. let them win us a game with their own individual greatness. Mm -hmm. um, so KD and Kyrie are to I wouldn't say to blame. They are the they are they're responsible for that record that Steve Nash has on on his coach on 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 basketball yeah. records or wherever you look at I mean, whatever the record is above five hundred. That's that's KD and Kyrie's record. And and those guys didn't even play when you talk about James Harden as well. Those guys didn't even play that many games either. So it's tough. But I really like to point to the games and the stretches where guys missed games, right? When KD went down and you still have James Harden and Kyrie Irving, or when KD went down and you've got Kyrie leading a bunch of guys and you can't come up with some sort of offensive flow. Um, that's that's those are gonna be some of the lasting memories that I have. Um, and yeah, I think we all point to the front office because they were supposed to know better, right? You cannot just go get a rookie head coach uh, who, I mean, yes, you can because they did it, right? But you are not supposed to go get a rookie head coach with no prior, you know, actual coaching experience, even as an assistant, and then mm -hmm. have him deal with two of the most high-profile, high-maintenance stars in this history, in the history of this game, right? Yeah. You're going to throw him into that fire. Um, and you already know what you were getting yourself into, right? You knew when Kyrie arrived that this this was going to happen, right? You knew when KD arrived what type of time you're on, and you still went that route and didn't get somebody, sure. 
You know, you you heard Kyrie come out and say, hey, I don't think we need a coach. Like, what did you red, think was going to happen? That was a red flag right there. <laughs> yeah. You, what yeah. You, but at the same time, like, when you tie yourself to these types of stars, like, anything can mm-hmm. happen. And I still think that if Kyrie gets vaccinated, you know, Steve Nash might still be flying under the radar as the Nets head coach right now. Right. Yeah. And that's really what it is, because at the end of the day, the talent can carry you to a certain point. But mm-hmm. when guys start to go down, you start to see the shortcomings. Right. You start to see who this coach actually is. And Steve Nash, great guy, great human being. You know, I love the things that he stands for. Um, Untouchable basketball player. Right. Like you cannot come up with very many uh holes in his game or in his resume. Hey, coach. I mean, you know. I, I there's certain things I can't do right it, it's okay it's yeah. hard we're not all great at everything <laughs> um and I, I think that's where if, if he wants I, I would no I was gonna say I would like to see what he looks like under a different circumstance but I don't think I'd, I would <laughs> a couple more for you before I, I let you go so I wonder if they were thinking that you know going back to the the heatles if you will right and yeah. Eric Spolstra he had his belts with those guys but Pat Rowley was saying no he is our guy and lo and behold here he is right he was obviously yeah. qualified and uh, he was put in a pressure cooker but he succeeded eventually now yeah. with uh, the Nets I wonder if they were thinking that we need someone that they're gonna respect so we decided to go with a Steve Nash someone that has that basketball pedigree and you know, making that transition from being a player to being a coach, obviously it's not for everybody. Um, you would think a person, as we're talking about earlier, you know, a person who was a point guard at such a high level, who has seen so many coaches in his day, who has uh, probably taken on mentorship roles in his career, that he would have a better understanding of what it took to be a head coach. But from what I'm gathering, he probably didn't get it. You know, it's it's really easy to tell if a guy's got it or not based on if he lets your team get outscored by 17 straight without calling a timeout. You know, it was a yeah. running joke, not just by fans, but you had Bruce Brown telling me, oh, you know, is Steve Nash going to call a timeout today? He got, I got him on record saying something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's gotten better. <laughs> he said, quote, unquote, he's gotten better at calling timeouts year over year. But, like, if he got, quote, unquote, better, that means he was terrible at it th- the previous year, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's difficult but at the same time, here's what I push back on. You know, Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham's a guy who got the respect of the Lakers locker room, right? Yeah. Got the respect of arguably the greatest player of all time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't see Darvin Ham on anybody's Mount Rushmore at his position, right? Like, and, and that's not a, a shot at Darvin Ham. We know he was obviously a, a quality player, but I mean, that goes back to our conversation is does your coaching career immediately, I mean, does your playing career get the respect of the locker room if it doesn't translate? into coaching chops mm-hmm. right darvin Ham coached the hell out of the lakers this season he had a lot yeah. to do with too right he had the, the he had to f- figure out a way to get russ to buy into coming off the bench traded russ now you got new pieces coming in how to incorporate those pieces still found a way to get into the playoffs upset a team in the first round gets to the second round doesn't work out right like it happens um we didn't see that same fight that same dog from the nets really ever right they kind of laid down um, and it's tough because that Milwaukee series of KD's foot isn't on the line like that. We're talking about NBA. Champions. We're talking about NBA champions, and we're talking about kind of a head coach that rode the team's talent. If yeah. they won that, that would have rode that talent there. And mm-hmm. now we're talking about it's a whole different story. If the if that if that shot goes in, we're probably Steve Nash is probably still Nets head coach right now. Um, and we're. Talking about him, I don't know if we're talking about him as any better of a head coach, but he's just a little bit more bulletproof, right? Because oh, he's an NBA championship winning head coach. Um, but when that doesn't happen, 
And now you're, and even in that series, Kyrie goes down in game three, you know what I'm saying? Or game two or whatever game it was with an ankle injury. And now, and now look at you. Um, And then the year after that, you get swept by the Celtics. And the second year, I just, that the second year was tough to, 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 to watch Steve mm-hmm. Nash kind of have to deal with everything. When you have Kyrie not getting vaccinated, James Harden requested a trade, then you get Ben Simmons and Steve Nash is coming up with a new excuse for Ben Simmons every other day because lo and behold, I'm New York media. I want to know what the update is on Ben Simmons and I'm going to sure. ask him. Yeah. And now you've got so many Ben Simmons questions. You've got Kyrie Irving questions. You've got Kyrie talking about Jewish people. You've got Kyrie doing all types of crazy things. It's impossible for, for Steve to, it, there is some level of absolving Steve Nash just because of the things he he had to deal with. Right. I'm not going to be that naive, mm-hmm. uh, but it's only maybe 30%. The other 70% yeah. has to be coaching yeah. jobs. And yeah, that's where we're at. While you were talking, I looked up Darvin Ham. He's been assistant since 2011. With exactly. And it, right? it shows. It yeah. shows. I don't know why why this keeps like I, why don't we hear Kenny Atkins' name in the Raptors job? I thought that'd be a perfect fit for you. He guys. was he was he was on the list. He was on their list. He was one of the top uh, nine names that they maybe he maybe he was interviewed. I don't know. Maybe maybe he know. he didn't interview as well. You know, maybe he didn't. Yeah. Maybe he didn't. Uh, maybe he didn't uh, have a, a a pre-planned speech or so. I don't know. Steve Nash is a, a great speaker, right? He can sure. at least to the public, right? I think he did some acting classes and whatnot. You can tell in the way he he, he moves. No, for real. Um, and I think that can TikToks make- are great. TikToks yeah. are great. Yeah, that can TikToks make up for a lot of a lot of your your shortcomings sometimes. But you can sell yourself. I think Steve Nash can sell himself for sure. Maybe he's uh, trying to get an assistant job with the Raptors. Maybe he realizes I got to get um, some reps in. That could be something. That would be. I would love to see Steve Nash. That let me finish my 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 thought from earlier. I would yeah. love to see Steve Nash return as a head coach after doing a sizable bid as an assistant. You see the big Kenny Atkins has been doing as, as an assistant in Golden State, and Kenny Atkinson when he was in Brooklyn was three times the head coach Steve Nash was. Not mm. no right now, and he's got to do this crazy bid. Why is that? That's because he's not the Hall of Fame point guard or the sexy name or the 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 face or whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. damn it, he can coach. And I thought he got an unfair shake at the time as well. And they ended up going in the direction of Steve Nash. And look where that got them, unfortunately. But I mean, at the end of the day, it still got them. They, I, I think they probably maxed out anyway. If you consider Kyrie's not going to play and he's going to sure. get in that series and James Harden's going to get mad. Um, and those guys are only going to play 16 games as a trio. Then, I mean, mm-hmm. how far can you go? James Harden's quote <clears throat> saying that I didn't just ask to leave for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was on top of it. (laughs) Players were frustrated with the coaching. The young guys didn't respect some of the coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it was just when you consider that and then you I I think maybe there is a different level, a different level of respect in Toronto. Right. For Steve Nash in just the the country of Canada for Steve Nash. Right. Like there has to be a heightened level of respect. There's probably a heightened level of pride for him coming into that job as opposed to parachuting into, you know, Brooklyn and, and taking a job. But at the same time, like, yeah. Like, at what point do you know who a head coach is and you have to send him back to to practice before he can become a head coach again? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think assistant coaching, if he really wants to be a head coach, Steve Nash could disappear and do whatever he wants and and no one will bat an eye. You know, if he really wants to be a head coach, I think he has to prove it and and learn. He's got to improve. You know, another thing that I didn't appreciate and that the media really didn't appreciate was lack of 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 almost accountability you know like when i'll never forget the day in memphis um john moran isn't playing um i believe kevin durant is out 
um, and the John Morantless Grizzlies absolutely take the Nets to the woodshed. I mean, I think it was like 24, 25 uh, point victory. And I'm sitting there in the locker, in the, in the, in the post conference room. I'm asking the Nets, you know, they don't have John Morant, but they're still able to show some semblance of cohesion, of offense, of, of chemistry. Um, and some of it boils down to that, right? That team was together for a while. But I'm asking Steve Nash, and he could have said that. I'm asking, you know, why, why is it they're able to compete at a high level without job, but you guys kind of stink without KD? And he's like, you know, I don't know. I wish I could answer it for you. You know, so it's just like there's just a level of accountability that he just didn't have as well, and, uh, at least to the media. And, and it's just tough to – for the fans, it was tough to get behind him. For the media, it became difficult to kind of defend him. Uh, and then the players, you, you watched what happened. So yeah. that's your that's who you guys are considering hiring for your head coaching position. Ain't that a treat? That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Um, this has been really great, man. There's a lot of staff turnover too. Now that Nick Nurse is gone. Um, we don't know the number, but there could be like 15 positions available and they're waiting to hire their head coach, assistants, player development, all that stuff's going to happen. So maybe Steve Nash gets in there. We'll have to see what happens. But this has been a great chat, man. Very informative. I imagine you were very happy when Jacques Vaughn took over. Um, things got a lot better. <laughs> I was happy when Jacques Vaughn took over. If we're going to go on a tangent, the 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 extension was surprising, the length of it, because even Jacques still, you know, Jacques isn't a perfect head coach either. He had that, he had experience, but if you look back in Orlando, you know, that that stretch kind of sucked, and he's admitted sure. it, and he's grown since then. But, you know, he's another coach where I, I think this team will be good for him versus coaching the, mm -hmm. the superstar. I think this team of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and this group of guys who are dogs yeah. that want to get after, I think that'll be good for him. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's better than Steve Nash, that's for sure. The hours a head coach puts in is way more than a probably a player does in terms of day-to-day -day basketball, i got to say. Oh, man. And if they, if they aren't, then probably that's the root of a problem. Your head coaches like live, die 24-7. They are on, on every single matchup, talking to their players, talking to their staff, looking ahead, looking back, like all that. They are doing that, and those are what the best ones do. And yeah. I don't know if Steve understood that. Man, man. Oh, no, <laughs> maybe he does now. All right, man, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for all the information. Where can people find your work? Uh, NewYorkDailyNews.com slash sports slash basketball slash Brooklyn Nets. Um, or just go to New York Daily News and scroll to the Nets. I'm on Twitter at Chris Blash. Um, and yeah, those are really the two biggest places to find me. If there's anything else, um, it'll probably be announced at one of those spots. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. My man. Thank you for having me, bro. This was fun. 